Welcome back to Hope Wednesday's segment of finances and breaking up with poverty and the poverty mindset and moving into the financial freedom relationship that God would like for us to have. So many times when we talk about finances, we feel like that's anti-Christ or not really a religious topic, but it most definitely is because our God is rich. He owns everything. And when he brought the children of Israel out, he brought them out with great substances. So we want to be able to understand that God owns everything. Everything is his. He said that we would be the lender and not the borrower. And we have, in our own minds, reduced ourselves to just being, you know, getting by and scarcity, scarcity and not living in abundance. We get to live in abundance because our God is an abundant God. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this segment and this session that we're having on Hope Wednesday, segment and session four of finances and breaking up with the poverty mindset and the poverty lifestyle and knowing that you came, that we might have life to have it more abundantly and that you are in favor of us prospering even as our souls prosper, dear Lord. We ask that you bless us, O God, and take the burdens off of us, O God, that would make us believe that we just have to get by and we have to be poor, literally, when you said be poor in spirit, which is humility. Lord, help us to rightly divide the scriptures so that we can be an asset to the body of Christ and that we can be able to share our creativity and yield financial gain and bless the world and have choices and freedom, oh God, according to your will. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All righty, this is a topic. Some people will say, oh, this is not a topic that uh, Christians should worry about. We shouldn't be lovers of things. And, you know, they say money is the root of all evil. And actually, that scripture is not correct in that way. It is the love of money is the root of all evil. And it's not money because money answers all things. And God has given us all things, you know, to be victorious in this life and the life to come. And guess what? Our gifts yield resources, just like with the talents and how he gave everyone talents. And then he came back and he wanted to know what did the talents yield. So God is expecting that we yield an increase from the gifts that he gave us. So if he is giving us, given us much, and he has, born-again believers, and even people who are not believers, but more specifically people who are, you are gifted with creativity and potential. And as soon as you release that potential and that creativity into the atmosphere, it will yield a solution. And then that solution, it will give a solution. And then the solution will help us to yield a return. So it is the law of sowing and reaping. When you sow your talent and your gift and your creativity out into the world, then you will reap a harvest of financial gain and resources. And for many years, I was taught, just look for heaven. Don't worry about finances. But yet, money answers all things. And we need a place to stay. Our kids need a food. And if you spend most of your time praying for things like food, shelter, um, you know, electricity, all of the car, car note, then when will you have time to pray for the kingdom? 
Those things that I just mentioned are things that are easily obtainable. Sinners and people who don't love God know the principle of sowing and reaping. They sow their their time and their energy at a business and they reap finances and then they're responsible. So it takes, if we're going to break up with the poverty mindset and and have the abundant mindset, we're going to have to change our paradigm and break up with those core beliefs. You have to ask yourself the hard questions. I mean the hard ones, the hard ones, the hard ones, the hard ones. Where did I get my philosophy on philosophy on income and finances? Where did I get my philosophy on my career and the job and, and working for people or being an entrepreneur? Where did I get that information? Most of us don't ask questions. We just kind of get in line and we become uh, just like, drove like cow, cattle. We just go wherever everyone else is going and we don't ask the questions. Why am I here? What is my gift? What is the meaning of the creativity I have? And what should I look for? And and is it okay if I desire to have freedom of time and freedom of choice, which is finances, or should I just not ask for anything, take whatever I'm given and just live my life? Well, we get to look at those patterns, and we get to ask ourselves, are we happy? What kind of relationship are we in with our finances? This subject has gone unmentioned or not mentioned enough in the house of God, and it puts us in a position to always be dependent on the government, always to be dependent on other people, and we, some of us will never realize the scripture that says we are the lenders and not the borrowers. We are supposed to be um, representatives of the richness of our God. If our God is rich and we are heirs and joint heirs, we need to be able to manifest that in the earth. Solomon was the richest man who ever lived, even until this day. They said he would still be in the trillions. He was just ridiculously rich. And he was operating in his gift of wisdom and serving God, and God rewarded him. So that com- that confirms the scripture that says, I would that you prosper, even as your soul prosper. Because Solomon first sought the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then things were added. He sought to know how to move and to judge God's people, and God saw his heart and rewarded him and there's never been anyone wiser, and there's never been anyone richer than Solomon. So God doesn't have a trouble, a problem with finances we do. I'm going to go out on the limb and say that most members have a problem with finances. I don't really hear pastors themselves having um, a lot of problems with finances because they seem to do pretty well in most cases. And whether it is that they're receiving income for from the people you know, you know, some work, my husband and I work, but in most cases, um, pastors who don't have a problem with income, they just get their income from the church. And it's the members who have a skewed view of God's plan for finances for their life and that God is not putting a cap on your finances. He's putting um, stipulations on how you handle your money. Like, for example, one scripture says, um, don't lay up for yourself treasures. Um, on earth, but lay them up in heaven. The key word in that, as Myron Golden stated, was don't lay up for yourself. 
Don't be greedy because much given, much required. If you are accumulating wealth, it's not healthy to lay it up for yourself because you're going to leave here and you're going to leave it to somebody else and they may waste it. But the goal is and the objective is, is to lay it up for other people, to be a blessing to the kingdom so that we can have kingdom stores, kingdom banks, kingdom uh, loan companies, paint shops, schools, hospitals. That is where we're lacking because we thought that all money was dirty. We heard the scripture, give us, give unto Caesar what is Caesar's. And that's actually a beautiful saying because Caesar's um, money is only his money, but the earth is the Lord. So we don't have to give everything over to the world because God owns everything. So they were only um, supposed to give what was Caesar's to Caesar. And so God doesn't have a problem with us being rich. As we see, he is so rich. What parent what parent would be rich and want their children to live on Skid Road or to live in um, apartment complex that are not safe and environments that are not habitable where there's infestations of roaches and, 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 and rodents and, and just mildew? God does not look well when we're not doing well. He is looked upon greatest when he is seen in our lives. When the kingdom flourishes, the king is glorified. Wealth is a con it's common wealth. God's wealth, he's willing to share it. But if you're immature, he said you're a slave and you're not an heir. So sometimes we don't possess things because we're not mature enough and because we're ignorant. We don't have the financial education to pursue finances, to manage finances, and then to distribute finances so a fool and his money will soon depart. But God wants us to be wealthy. I want my kids to be wealthy. I want my kids to be wealthier than me. I want my kids to have everything they need. And so why wouldn't God want that for us? Why would he want the sinner to eat wherever he wants, vacation wherever he wants, live wherever he wants, and enjoy this beautiful creation that God made, and we live in a pigeonhole, in a box, and we just go from church to work to church to work to home, and we don't enjoy the beauty of the land. It's, the, it's just necessary that we keep things in order, that we remember that God owns everything and everything belongs to Him. We seek the Creator, and we enjoy what He has created. And that's very simple to do. We can have things as long as things don't have us. As long as it doesn't change our heart and make us proud and make us think that we're better than we are because we're enjoying the gifts of God. We brought nothing into this world and we'll take nothing out, but we get to enjoy. This is a preliminary. If heaven is going to be the streets of gold and, you know, rubies and all pearls and all different things— then why should not we have an appetite for things that are nice or things that are exquisite? We're just getting prepped for the heaven that we're going to spend eternity in. Why should we wait to enjoy the beauty and the riches that God has for us? He has loaded us with benefits and gifts. And sometimes, like I mentioned in the other session, we're not operating in our gifts, so we're not maximizing the return. But God wants us to, and we get to ask ourselves why we need to change our concept and our beliefs about finances. Why do I need to change it? Why do I want to change it? Are there some things I want? Do I want to have a, a, live in a safer neighborhood, have a more reliable car, have a college education fund for my family? 
Like, do I want more financial freedom, more time freedom? You get to have that. More time freedom means more time in the ministry. You get to have that. Ask yourself that question. Why do I need to change my relationship with money and my beliefs about it? Three things that will happen if I don't. I'll always be broke. I won't have my time. I'll always have to work for money and not work in my gift and be in control of my gift. I won't have the flexibility to send my children, give them the education they want. I won't be able to live where I want. I won't be able to see God's green earth. I won't be able to be a blessing to the kingdom and do overseas missions. Whatever it is, ask yourself those three questions. The brain has a way. We talked about triggers. And that's the brain memory. It's, supposed, it's trying to keep us from stress. So we have to look at three things that trigger us into being satisfied with just getting by. Three situations. You know, I said it before, maybe a promotion, maybe a recession. You want to get a job that's foolproof. Maybe, um, you know, someone that um, retires and they get a little pension. So now you're encouraged you want a pension. And so you just want to get by. So look at the things that trigger and reinforce the habit of seeing yourself in lack or just enough. Look at the people, the three people. Find three people that trigger your setback. If you want something nice, they say, oh, that's a waste of money. You need to save it. Notice the people who try to curb your appetite for fine things, fine vacations, and fine vehicles, or just fine living, or just freedom of living. I'm an entrepreneur, and I work, and I'm trying to set myself up to where my work can work while I'm doing something else. And I can't let people make me feel bad for the lifestyle that I've chosen, you know, or, or scare me, you know, like, oh, what are you going to do? Or, or, you know, we're in a recession. No, we get to trust God with our talents because remember, some of us are working jobs and we're not utilizing the gifts and the talents that he put in us. And he's going to want to know, did you share those gifts and talents with the earth? Because I blessed you to be a blessing in the earth, not just to work a job, but to be a blessing in the earth. So you have to find out, do be diligent, do the work and find out what's in me and then find out where to pour it out so that you can get the maximum return. Three occasions, we talked about three people that trigger my setback, three occasions that trigger my setback, <coughs> three things that support my goals, the replacement behaviors. You have to find, maybe it's a vacation spot. Maybe it's someone that has free time with their family. Maybe it's somebody who um, donates money to, to mission funds. Find three things that supports your goals. Three things that keep your, you motivated because motivation is the fuel to keep, that helps you to keep going. And then you have to find um, three people. Three people that are already living the way you want to live and support it. They have the, they have the, the abundance mindset. Because if you hang around people who feel like well, you shouldn't buy this, you shouldn't spend that, and they're tight, and you know they don't allow you to become 
in your mind who you want to become naturally, then you won't become that person. You have to transition in your mind before you transition in the material. Everything, a word proceeds, I mean, a thought proceeds a word and a word proceeds an action. So there is a way that you have to move and you have to become. Before you even get there, you have to envision yourself operating in your gift. Envision yourself having free time. Envision yourself um, having the financial freedom that you want. And, and do the things that the people who have financial freedom do. Go the places that people who have financial freedom go. It's a vibration and a frequency. If you hang out with people who are just barely making it and talking about all oh, the grass prices, and yeah, you get to talk about it, but then you get to declare, I shall always have what I need. My God shall supply my need. I'm going to have whatever my need is, so shall I have. I've been declaring that in every grocery store and at the gas pump, and so can you. Just watch what you speak because you shall have what you say. So you have to envision. I'm not saying being um, delusional and spending your rent money because you want to look good. You still have to be reasonable, but you have to watch what you say, what you do, who you're attracted to. Start following different people on your Instagram. Follow people who are doing what you want to do so that you can begin to envision yourself being all that God wants you to do. Be and have all that God wants you to have. It's not a respected person. It's not, oh, this population gets to live this way and have this financial freedom, but I have to stay in poverty. You don't have to be a part of the poverty club. You get to execute your gifts and you get to watch God show you the exchange and you become the solution and then people will be, be able to pour back into you. It's a law of exchange. You, you exchange the solution and they exchange the resources. And we have to get out of the business of feeling like we can't charge for our services because that's our gift. We give our gift and we allow people to respond by giving their resources. It's a natural exchange. It's the law of sowing and reaping. And we don't want to disrupt that law. Regardless of how we were taught and if we feel guilty or bad. But no, we have a gift that God has given us to put into the earth to survive, to take care of ourselves, to take care of our families. If you grind hard and do diligently what you're supposed to do, your resources should reflect how much of your gift you're giving out and how much of your self you're pouring out because God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he reap. So if you're sowing your gift and you're faithful, it has to come back. It has to come back and it will come back. So look for it to come back and look for people who are already in the vibration of believing in um, the law of prosperity and freedom. It's a law. If you're obedient, he said that if you obey, then I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. I will make you the head and not the tail. There is provision in following God. There is alignment. They had everything they needed and beyond in Eden. And although we're still on earth, we get to experience that type of interaction and that type of living, you know? So it's just what you believe and what you want. And the thing is, sometimes people are penalized for desiring. That's why I said, Think about what you want, why you want to change, because if you never develop your why, then you'll never develop that motivation. You have to see yourself and give yourself permission to want more. I talked about it last month. Stop playing it small because your environment is small. Respect your environment, but allow yourself to grow. It's like a, some plants. If you put them in a, a particular holder, they only grow 
as much as the holder, but if you increase the size of the planter, then the plant begins to grow. And then if you put it in a field, it is able to grow at its maximum capacity. Some of us are limiting ourselves and we are afraid to grow and afraid to be free because we're afraid we might lose people and things. But you have to make the decision to break up with financial poverty and brokenness and decide to expand. And after you find three things that support your goal and three people that support your goal, make irrevocable commitments. I'm going to study. I'm going to enhance my gift. I'm going to um, dress better. I'm going to take more time and uh, meeting people who are doing what I want to do. Put yourself in a position to learn and to earn and to flourish. Put yourself in a position. Put yourself in a field. If you are, if you want apples, then you need to go and you're a seed of an apple. Put yourself in an apple field so that you can grow among other apples. Some things don't grow together. And we, we need to learn that. I'm going to say it again. Some things don't grow together. You can't plant everything together. Some things grow best together. And you have to find out what you are, what you want, what your gifts are, what your financial goals are, and plant yourself in an environment where you will best be nourished and fed and have air and have safety and security. Yes, I'm bringing it back to your habitat. If everyone around you is poor and no one has ever made it out, then you'll just be satisfied with having a little more than they have. Do not set your goals by what everyone, how everyone else is doing. You get to make this very personal, and, the, and you get to decide how much you're willing to pour into the earth, and then God decides how much he's willing to allow to come back to you. So as you're developing and pouring out, you're also developing your character. You're still faithful to church. You're still faithful to your local assembly. You're still faithful to your loved ones. And then the, the endowment of finances is just something that helps you become more of who you are, loving, obedient, kind, thoughtful, humble. And that's the goal. We have to also look at, the, I talked about it, accountability people, your mentorship, three reasons to be accountable to yourself. Find the three reasons and stick to it because we're trying to build discipline. Three scriptures that discuss your issue. In Proverbs, there's plenty. It talks about the diligent shall be rich. Money answers, and then it talks about throughout the, I think it's in Ecclesiastes, money answers all things. And then it talks about how we're supposed to leave an inheritance for our children and that our children are not supposed to start over. So that's an, an encouragement that we're supposed to leave the earth with something. We're not supposed to take everything with us. We're supposed to leave our mark and we're supposed to bless. We're supposed to pay it forward. We're supposed to bless the generation before us. If that hasn't been your story like many African-Americans and myself and people of poverty, you get to start today. You get to say, oh man, we missed it, but God, help us to redeem the time. Help us to change our philosophy on finances. Help us to change our beliefs about it. Help us not to demonize currency. Help us to be good stewards. Help us, oh God, not to be proud when we do receive finances. Help us, oh God, to function and operate in our gifts so that we can Bring forth our gift to the world, and the exchange can be resources for our house. Help us, Lord. Help us to live the life that you died for us to have. Help us to break up with the philosophy that poor means spiritual, and you're just content and barely getting by. No, you get to desire to be like your Father. He put he placed eternity in your heart. 
You serve a big God and you have big desires and you should desire the finest things in life because the finest things in life are an example of our big God. He is the greatest, so we get to desire the greatest things, the most beautiful things, the most beautiful places, the most beautiful um, environments. It's not a sin to be rich and to be responsible and to have an abundant mindset. We don't have to keep the broken mindset of poverty. We get to make moves educationally and studying and becoming more of who God made us to be. And the fruit of that is wealth. It's wealth. It's just a confirmation that we're doing in the earth what we were called to do. And we're doing it well. If you do it with mediocrity, you're going to have a mediocre exchange. If you barely do it, you're going to see a barely increase. But if you do it with all your heart and with all your might, then you're going to see a return that is bountiful. If you work in excellence, you shall receive an excellent reward. I hope this encourages you all to strive for more, challenge your thoughts about finances, and know that God is big and he doesn't mind that you share the resources on the earth that are his. The earth is the Lord's. Someone try to tell you that you can't have it. You need to tell them the earth is the Lord's. And with this gift, I'm going to make an exchange. My gift for the resources. God bless you.